All right, so here we are now with another day, another dollar, <laughs> another few moments of wondering how stupid this haircut looks. <laughs> Today I'd like to talk about a character which is often overlooked and is yet quite significant and implies a lot. And this character, this fictional character, comes from Robert Louis Stevenson's classic Treasure Island. Classic book, classic story. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've at least heard of it. And there is this character in this story that I'd like us to just take a quick look at, just to see some of the dynamics that are going on. Because when I looked at this character again recently, I found it to be quite insightful, the message that was there. Now, to set the stage a bit, Treasure Island begins in an inn, in a sort of motel, hotel, holiday stay place, back in the days of buccaneers, sailors and pirates. And there is this character that keeps turning up, known only as the captain and the boy that works there, who's the lead role, the character of the story, who we really see these characters through the eyes of, is sort of working there in his parents' own the inn. And he's sort of talking about, well, what it's like to see this captain. And this captain is a pretty shady character. He's sort of got some dark sides to him. He's a bit, he's a bit forceful. He's a bit rough. He's a bit like there's something about him that is very dark and twisted. And of course, we find out soon enough that he was a pirate and he was actually a little bit on the run from a number of people who were after him. And of course, later on in the story, we find out that there's buried treasure and that's the whole sort of adventure story. That's the mystical side of the story. But where this character of interest comes in is just in this moment right before they go off on their adventure. And the character is Blind Pew. And this character is very... He's rather complex. And what happens is he's one of the people who turns up in a way searching for the captain to sort of get his loot, to get his treasure map, or at least we don't know so far as much, to get something from him. He's seeking something from him. And when he turns up at the inn, of course, our lead character, the, the boy, sees this blind man. And the impression is that the blind man is actually quite helpless. And... He presents himself as much. He speaks in a very sweet tone. He's in a kind of warm, gracious way of greeting him. He's very sort of understanding and caring. And of course, this boy, he sees it as, well, he's a blind man. He's helpless. He's disabled. There's something very much unfortunate about his situation. And Blind Pew 
he he has this thing of goodness about him. He has this kind of gentle persona. And what happens is, as he's making his way into this inn and learning to navigate the situation and work out the environment and sort of get his bearings, he's all love and kindness until this one point where he gets close enough to the boy to be able to reach him. And in that moment, he grabs him, and he grabs him really tight, almost like he's, he's hurting his hand, like he grabs him on the hand and he's sort of twisting him. And immediately his whole demeanor changes, his whole voice, his whole way of talking, and he pulls the boy close to him and, and really pu- puts him under his thumb, right? He's got him. He's got him around the neck, got him by the hand, and he says to him, where's Billy Bones? Where's the captain? I'm after him. And, of course, the blind man doesn't want to let go. He's got these claws into him. He's going to use the boy. He's going to control him and force him to take him to him so that the blind pew can reach his ends to achieve his means, his goal. And what actually ends up happening is eventually the boy does manage to wriggle out and there's this very tense moment where the boy has wriggled out and he realizes he has to be very very quiet in order to not tip off to the blind man where he is in the room and it's very tense it's a very well it's a very suspenseful scene when this happens and of course when that happens the 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 blind man actually flips his persona again. He actually goes back immediately to being kind and warm and actually like, oh, you know, tries that. But then, of course, when he realizes that doesn't work, he becomes nasty again and starts threatening him. So he quite obviously has this thing in him that he is, he's just putting out a persona that's going to serve him, that's going to work for him. And he's only going to say what you want to hear. He's only going to be manipulating the situation to reach his end, to reach his gain. Now, I believe if I remember correctly, what happens is some other thugs actually turn up and kill the blind guy. And they're also after the treasure map. And then there's another group. It's, it's like, like in the book, it, it's so much more sort of elaborate than any sort of movie you might have seen of Treasure Island. There's, there's, there's so much violence and so much stuff going on and all these characters coming in. There's this constant sense of danger of what's going to happen to this captain. And of course, this thing of the character of the captain himself, like the quality of his personality, of his way of living is also in question. So it's very shady. It's very, very, very dark. And I believe what happens in the end is the the boy and his parents manage to find the treasure map by chance. And 
thugs turn up and burn down the inn and destroy everything. And so they've basically got nothing except now this treasure map, and that's the rest of the story. But to linger on this character, to look at this character, Blind Pew, he's the character of interest. He's the one that is often glossed over. He's the one that really is of interest. Because if you look at the way he behaves, you see a a very clear warning. And in, in fact, a number of warnings. First of all, you see that he is in some ways greatly disabled. He's greatly disadvantaged. And the evil that is in him is very much trying to make up for that. It's a kind of in response to that. And the message there is that if you haven't made peace with your imperfections and your inadequacies, you will be trying to make up with them, make up for them in evil ways, in harmful ways, in hurtful ways. And we all have ailments. We all have our disabilities. Sure, we're not blind. We're not all blind. We're not having something so obvious as not being able to see. But we all have our shortcomings. We all have a kind of powerlessness that we have to face. Another very important mechanism at work here is that the blind man is after his fortune. He's after his treasure. He's after what he believes is best for him. And that's a very similar motive that actually drives through the characters for the rest of the book. It's actually, it's almost like there's a micro story in this character that is then reflected out into the rest of the entire narrative because this blind man has turned up under the motive, under the motivation of wanting his glory He wants the riches. He wants the treasure. He wants the power of having the gold. And it's quite evil the way in which he goes about doing that. And of course, it is his downfall in the end, right? It is the reason he ends up dying. It's because he's been caught up and involved in these shady characters chasing after this treasure. So it is his downfall. So There is a lot in what is it that you're seeking and what means will you take in order to achieve it, to arrive at it. Now, one of the ways in which that's reflected or to sort of flesh out a little bit as to how that's reflected, we look at the rest of the story of Treasure Island. What happens? Well, the boy and his crew and his friends, they go off on this adventure and what ends up happening ultimately they're motivated to find their fortune to find the gold and ultimately in the end they find that it's not worth it because there's so much cutthroat backstabbing there's so much problems with the relationships between each other that it's not worth the gold and in the end actually the cook, the, the one-legged man, Long John Silver, he ends up with the gold. He actually gets the gold. But if you remember exactly how that ends, he gets the gold, but he's trying to escape with it. And he ends up going off on one of the small boats. And the way that it looks, the way that it's portrayed is that 
He would be eaten up by the sea. He actually wouldn't survive the trip across the sea to get back with the gold. So that is sort of another way of reflecting or sort of illustrating that going after that is the demise. The pursuit of that is a demise. Now, when we say, what are you going after? And what means will you take? What means will you go by in order to achieve what you're after? These are big questions. And I don't really think there's... I don't really think there's anything too much wrong with material gain, with actually going after the gold and money, right? I'm as much for that as I am for many other pursuits. Of course, that unto itself as a singular pursuit is pathological and will lead to missing out on so much, right? And so much pain and so much hurt. But really, it's it's more nuanced than we can put. It's more nuanced than just a metaphorical narrative can portray. But at least there's something to learn in this blind man. At least there's something to learn in blind Pew, who was appearing to be so nice and so kind and so well-intentioned, and yet to suddenly become very controlling, right? You can say that about almost anyone that is controlling. And (laughs) I don't want to instill a sense of mistrust, right? Because the other side of this is that you do have to trust people. It, it, is, it is not that everyone who is nice has some hidden agenda behind them, which is self-serving and evil. That is not the case at all, of course. How you decide that, how you see that, is a lot more nuanced and requires a bit more intuition. And in fact, if you're not going to trust people, if you're not going to give people the benefit of the doubt, then you're not going to be able to get very far in life. And in fact, you could say that that's another sort of theme through the through the book, which is that this boy, who I've forgotten the name of now, I wish I could remember his name. It's not it's not Jack, or is it Jack? Or am I thinking of Jack Sparrow? It's not Huckleberry Finn. I'm getting my literature mixed up right now. Anyways, I can't remember his name. But he, in his character, is trusting. And he ends up trusting the man who betrays him, which is Long John Silver. So, that is sort of another lesson. And it's not a clear-cut, black-and-white story. It's actually got the nuances to it, which is that every person you interact with has a different motive behind them, has a different thing to achieve, a different way of going about and having their sort of play. Now, there is another sort of quick little thing that we can add on to this, which is the character who did get the gold and lived with the gold. They actually survived to have the gold. And this was the guy that 
went back to the island and dug up the treasure, but he was marooned on the island. There was no way that he could get get back. And he was the one who had hidden it when they'd initially turned up to get the treasure, right? When Long John Silver and all his crew turned up to get the treasure, then it wasn't there. It wasn't where the map had said, and that was because this other guy had taken it. But the insight there is that you've achieved your goals. You've got the fortune that you're after, but really it's worthless to you. Really, it's not so much of any value because you're stuck and you're alone. There's no way of spending it. And in fact, in some of the movies, (laughs) in some of the renditions, that character is actually portrayed as someone very, very happy, in fact. They've sort of... It's almost like he's come to the realization that, ah, it didn't matter and I've survived and I've somehow had a fulfilling life despite reaching my fortune and having it turn sour or having it turn out to be worthless. He's very much like, ha-ha, I've got you, right? So that's another little insight from this book. But I think for today, that's probably enough to just linger on. I really wanted to accentuate this blind pew who is a character that often gets overlooked in the book and in the movies. And really, Treasure Island is a classic because it has so many of these insights. It has so many of these stories. But at least that's a little bit to think about. So thanks very much. Hope you're having a good day. And we'll be back soon with more.